<laughs> I have a funny story to tell that I kind of want to tell. So I'm going to tell it. Um, my dad called me today, which is very rare. My dad doesn't really ever call me. He texts me and then I just don't answer. But he called me today to tell me he had a physical the other week, which was great. Like we've been trying to, you know, he's an older white man that won't go to the doctor, which I feel like is a common thing, right? With men in general, especially that generation, they're like afraid of the doctor. And um, he called me because he wanted to tell me about it because um, he says he's fine, which is I think the word fine is very relative in the situation, but he is fine. Um, but he wanted to tell me about his doctor's appointments. And then that um, turned into like a 25 minute phone call where he's telling me about all of them. And then without like really transitioning at all, he just started, he just asked me point blank, have you ever heard of a glory hole? Oh, he did not. He did. Was there one at his doctor's office? What kind of doctor did <laughs> I, he go to? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so that's where my mind went at yeah, first. Like, I was what? like, what does this have to do with your physical? And who was giving you the physical? Was it a urologist through a glory hole? They didn't say anything. He goes, you know, and then he described it. He was like, yeah, you know how it's like guys will be lined up and then girls will be lined up. And then I had to stop it. I was like, I, I, enough. I don't need to hear about this. I don't know which, who, who's lining up under what, but sure now I know what a glory hole is. And he goes, well, because, you know, um, I was listening to sports radio this morning and apparently Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys who played the Philadelphia Eagles in a recent game, um, apparently had yes. said there was a quote of his. I never heard this like 11 years ago. I went and YouTube it, but I guess since they were here this week um, they were recording this. The Cowboys were in Philly and Jerry Jones, like 10 or 11 years ago on a press conference said he was like referring to like the glory days of the Cowboys. And he said the glory hole days. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find it. It's pretty funny. And no one corrects him. He just says like back in the glory hole days. I just want to bring those days back. But that's the clip. Old white men and thinking about glory holes. Name a more iconic duo. I was going to say that was so Freudian. That's amazing. But it was just so jarring to like, my dad's talking about his physical and he's like, so have you, you know what a glory hole is? And I was like, where did you get your physical done? I thought you, you definitely have some sort of insurance, right? <laughs> 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 he got it done at Planned Parenthood. Man, he got one of those prostate exams where they massage both shoulders. <laughs> oh well, everyone needs to go to the doctor. But not the glory hole. I mean, hey. Or go to the glory hole doctor. Or go to the glory hole then the doctor because you get tested after. You should probably get tested before. That's not... I, I'm going to say this, everyone. Um, this is incorrect medical advice. If you have sex with someone and you get tested for not an right STI after, right after... Not right after, get tested. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you've gonorrhea. Like, what? I knew it. I just got it from this guy. Like... Um, sure, girl. <laughs> one time I had gone, well, a few times I've had gonorrhea, but the one time I had gonorrhea, um, or it was chlamydia, I forget what it was. You guys know the story. Basically, I texted the guy after I got tested, being like, hey, I have, just to let you know, this is weeks later. I, was, I just got tested, like, you were the last people I had sexual relations with, and I have gonorrhea. And he goes, okay, cool. I was like, okay, you couldn't just say, like, sorry? Because <laughs> I'm blaming him. Uh, <laughs> He knew. He knew. Well, this is the guy that I fucked with, Crisco. So maybe it was me. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, Kirk. Hold, hold on. You fucked someone. You don't know this story. I don't think you told us that detail. With the same lubricant that they put on poles. <laughs> this pole, I put it on you my put pole. On your dick. This is this is Philadelphia after pole. all. All hey. of the Philly poles are just Friscoed up. Speaking of poles. <laughs> Pokemon go to the polls? This episode is about the election. Yeah, that was a transition. <laughs> Jump scare. <laughs> Almost as bad as my dad's from the doctor to the glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you saying your dad is trans? Like, you I should know. maybe. Honestly, that, I, I would love that. If that had to be the next chapter of my family's story, I'd be so excited. 
Wait, 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 wait. Speaking of, I'm so sorry. I have to say this. This has been weighing on my mind and I am someone with a platform, so I'm going to use my platform. I saw this video of Kendall and Kylie Jenner and they do one of those little things where it's like there's two options. Like one is like, I mean, this isn't probably wasn't in the video, but like one what it could be like, oh, sloppy drunk or like sleepy drunk and like whichever one applies to you, you go. And then they get one and it's mom's favorite and dad's favorite. And I'm like, mm. do you not have recent? two mothers? They still call Caitlyn yes. dad though. How come every time we talk about trans people, we have to bring up Do Caitlyn they Jenner? really? It's just a, dis- it's a disservice to the community. <laughs> um, but yeah, they call her dad. Have you never heard the podcast Wait, Call really? Her Daddy? I'm just kidding. Uh, they do call her dad. I think it's kind of cute. I mean, what they, you can't expect your kids to change. Like, if my dad transitioned, I would still not call him anything because I don't talk to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Except on days like today. I'm kidding. Love you, dad. Or mom. Whatever you're going by now. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Well, now that Kirk has given us a hellscape scenario. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of somebody who needs to go to a doctor, an old white man, Joe Biden. And Donald Trump. So last week, we kicked off our year-long countdown to the big 2024 election. And as we mentioned, we happily feel the media isn't inundating us as much in previous years with election bullshit. Today, we are going to jump into various aspects of a presidential election from the insignificance of polling to what Americans really are basing their votes on. And being a criminal seems not to be one of them. Leading up to Obama's re-election, the New York Times had a poll that had him five points down. In 2016, the polls had Hillary Clinton winning in virtually every scenario. And in the 2022 midterm elections, the polls predicted a red wave that ended up being smaller than any red drop I've seen on my tampon. Um, Guess which gay man wrote that? (laughs) There's famously no drops left on a tampon. If if there there were drops on a tampon, it wouldn't be. (laughs) They're so small. (laughs) They're just stains. (laughs) Okay. Right now, according to the New York Times polls, five different polls have Biden trailing Trump in many battleground states. But does that even matter? Do poll results, no matter how accurate, sway the actual voters? Why do we even have polls besides, you know, for stripping? I mean, I think we all agree here. We've talked about this before that polls are pointless, right? The one thing I worry about polls, like your question at the end, is like, do they sway somebody that's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And that poll's telling me that Joe Biden's going to win anyway. So should I just vote for him? I don't know if they have any any like credibility in that space. But I feel like when you're polling someone, it's like 4,000 people that they're basing these off of. And it depends like, where are they doing it? Well, that's the thing, right? Is you can make a poll to support anything. If I go to middle of nowhere, Texas, and I Right. whole 4,000 people about abortion, well, then it's going to seem like 90% of the country is pro-life. Well, I do think they diversify where they're asking, but some of these were in battleground states. But even in a battleground state, if you're only asking 4,000 people in that battleground state, like how is that really representing the entire state? Well, the other thing you have to factor is in is like the type of person who responds to a polling question. Yeah. Where do they come from? I've never received one. Have you ever received one? 
Um, I actually have. So it was like back in 2020 and I just got a random email. Why I responded so enthusiastically to this. You were fished. That was not a poll. <laughs> anyway, they did pay me. It was like 20 bucks per poll. Nice. So they pay you to get in the poll? I feel like this is not correct. This one was different. So this wouldn't, this is probably not going to be the same type of polling. I should say it was more of a data like sourcing thing, but there's an option for yeah. polling as well. Like they had different things that they were offering. Um, it was just that this one paid. Yeah. And I'll take that. Um, but ultimately, again, you have to think about the person who's responding right. to those polls and you have to really consider the fact that there's so much population that you inherently can't reach in gathering this information that still have the accessibility to vote. Um, so I also just think it's impossible to make it representative of, you know, where the average American is. That's a really good point that you make about who's willing to answer a questionnaire or participate in a poll. And I think it also has a lot to do with where they might do these polls or how mm -hmm. they might do them um, and how they collect that data there's supposed to be some sort of scientific method to it, right? Like there's supposed to do enough people across enough area that it's a representative cross section. And then they can extrapolate out from there. Um, even if it is a smaller subset of people, they can't pull everybody, obviously, but that does make their, there's always going to be those inherent issues with the data. And that's how you can have Fox news say, you know, so many people believe, x and then cnn can have a poll that says so many people believe y and sometimes it's from the same study and it's just the way they're in, yeah. interpreting it or they're talking about it and, and you know the people on the fence or the people who are independent voters or they don't have a party affiliation or people who are just not going to vote at all like they're not going to answer a poll yeah and i think the, but i think the, one of the craziest examples i think i've always kind of felt this way about polls but I think the crazy example was the 2016 election because there was every poll, which is like a lot of people in theory, was saying that Hillary was like up by like tens of percentages. You know, like it was like impossible for her to lose. And ever since then, I've just been like, OK, the, I don't care if every poll tell me the morning before the day before Donald Trump's going to win. Like, I don't I don't believe it until he actually wins. So I think or vice versa. Um, but I think it does, does it do harm by like people use these as like. You, you hear it all the time on every news channel and every article you read when you get close to the election. It's like the polls are, someone's leaning in the polls. And it's like, I don't know if that impacts the way people vote. I think it's very hard for us to say that it impacts the way that people vote just because, you know, you would have to be in the mind of every voter yeah. or someone, or that has to be something that's vocalized, that's hard to capture. But what is easy to capture is how a campaign moves forward based off yeah. of polling where like the Clinton campaign right. was reeling, was running really confident. Um, and they probably weren't investing in votes because they were basically saying, okay, well, you know, I, we're pretty solid. So it's okay if we don't, you know, invest X amount of money and resources into courting, say the Asian community right. who historically has voted on, at lower rates. And so I think it, the voter, no, but the campaign, without a doubt. And certain parts of the country. I mean, like Hillary was a perfect example of that. They completely disregarded like a huge part of 
America in terms of the way she campaigned, like where she went physically, um, which probably had to do with that. Like, I feel like if they had pulled those areas better, maybe they would know she was supposed to go there. I wonder if that is more of where the influence comes in. Yeah. Because I, I wonder how much the average voter is paying attention to polls. You're dug in or you've already made your decision. I, I don't know if individual voters would be swayed by hearing that Biden is lagging by two points or whatever it is. But the campaigns, of course, use that data to inform how they're going to present themselves, where they're going to knock on doors and make phone calls. So I wonder if it affects the voting yeah. in another way. The Clinton campaign was very confident. And I, and I feel a lot of that is also not so much the polls as most people really didn't believe that even up to the day of the election that Donald Trump would actually win. He was just so much of a joke that I mean, not that he's not still, but now it's like a real joke. Yeah. Like a, he wasn't a threat. He was more of like that. There's no way anyone would lose to this. Man. So I think that was just an un like what was said, but also like just like an unsaid energy that was around that she was just like, I'm, why would I not win this? Well, it wasn't even uh, like no one could beat this man. It was Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton is a career politician. She should be able to beat this man. I, I will say, though, what's very different between 2016 and now is I think in 2016, it was kind of like, yeah, I, you know, Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is all these terrible things. Um but he's just going to be a bigot in office. I think in 2020, it very much became more so a moral alignment thing as well, uh, more so than it was in 2016, in that we've seen the policy that he's pushed forward and we saw him in action as a president. So I do think that people probably now more so than ever are pretty locked in on how they're voting. So, you know, I would venture to say that if polling did have some impact because of where we are now with, you know, what people's vote means to them, um, we're just less likely to see people have many outside influences affect their vote. Well, that is a good point too, that the efficacy of polling changed significantly after the 2016 election. I don't know because I wasn't paying attention to politics 20 years ago, but I don't know if 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, polling was more reliable or more accurate than it is in elections now. Uh, my suspicion is it would have been better a little bit. You know, it still has all those inherent issues we talked about. Um, but but now, after 2016, things seem so unpredictable and so wild. And, and Erica, you mentioned outside influences. I mean, there have been outside influences on our elections. That yes, I'm sure many in those voting machines. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the voting machines that uh, switched I think all Dominion the votes does all the Biden. polls too. I've heard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? If I told someone that some the wrong person that they'd believe that. One hundred percent, they would. One hundred percent, they would. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the name Dominion is very spooky. So. Spooky. True. You think? Yeah, I mean, they just sound evil. Dominion. There's a band, Old Dominion. That's all I know about the name Dominion. I wish it was called Robinette. I was gonna say a nice, friendly name you can. Vote if Joe for. Biden ran as Joe Robinette. I have no answer to the question. The rest of that, sta- I don't know what the rest of that statement is. <laughs> just, just if he did, every conservative hillbilly would think he's gay because he has a gay name. Not you calling it I a mean, gay Kirk name? Does literally have a woman's, have a name. woman's name? <laughs> I think that they would be like, "Ooh, you no, got it, a it woman's is, name." It's totally a gay name. You're right. I think it should be someone drag name. 
you know Trump would use like something stupid like this. He's like, he's Robinette the polls. <laughs> I mean, low key that ate. Don't like, give them ideas. Biden, that kind of eats. <laughs> no, Trump would say like, that about Biden. Like he's robbing kind of slay. He, uh, yeah. Oh or he yeah, could say I guess. In, in like a in like an actual positive way. But I do say when we were looking, we were t- um, when I wrote Erica's words for her, I was looking into um, these po- the New York Times polls, and there is one interesting thing in the poll that would actually play a part. It was like six percent of voters in these battleground states that they polled. Six percent of the Trump supporters, so 6% of the people said they're voting for Donald Trump, said they would abandon their vote if Trump was convicted. Which I think if you do the math of how people were were polled in each battleground state, that 6% would be enough to sway an election in that battleground state, which is why I think they polled in those states, obviously, because they're battleground states. So if he was convicted, 6% of them would, which is, it sounds small, but I don't think it is that small based upon how people were polled um, in that state. So that's good to hear that 6% of those voters feel that he can't do the job from prison. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess the rest believe that he can. I don't know. Yes, he can. I honestly feel like he could. I feel like they would let him. I mean, what does the Constitution say? Maggie would know this. I don't think there is anything in the Constitution about this, though, right? I mean, there, I don't know. Um, Yeah, if you actually reread it. Or read it for the first time. Um, it actually has... Yeah, I mean... Is there an audio book? But if is you look into with, it... With Michelle Williams <laughs> reading it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, if you actually read the Constitution, it, it mentions Stormy Daniels by name. Shut up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Hugh Hefner was one of the signatories. Oh Founding father, Hugh Hefner. And Bismarck Key. I don't know why I said that, but I do think that Bismarck Key would have been a sick ass oh, founding where, father. Where did what? you pull that from? Oh, baby, you. I don't know. I just feel like our current national anthems kind of clapped. And I would just love for him to be the one who created it. And I know the person who wrote the national anthem was not a founding father. Oh, they're going to say, I know. I know the person that wrote the national anthem, period. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know they are. Is it Francis Scott Key? Did I mean? Yes, it's Francis Scott Key. Oh, yeah. I was definitely. I don't know. I just made that up. But anyway. um. This is my bid for Bismarcky for president and to retroactively have him named as the founding father. That's so, a poll that's we should put campaign. up on our Instagram story. Should we add Bismarcky to the founding father <laughs> list? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think we've talked enough about polls because we want to stop giving them attention. So everyone stop reading the polls. Yeah, don't pay attention to it. But he- why do we call the vote? We say go to the polls. Why do we call the voting polls? Because it's not really a poll. It's the polling I guess you're right, place. we're polling your vote. Which is still insane to yeah. me that they're not digital. And it's still insane to me that you have to like write it in a, in a 1950s gymnasium. Because the digital ones change the votes to be Democrat. They do. They do. Because Republicans don't know how to use computers. I know we have the primaries to get through, but unless my girl Marion Williamson can cultivate enough woo-woo shit to beat Joe Biden, or Ron DeSantis can grow a few more inches, it seems that we are stuck with the Trump versus Biden matchup. So, you'd think that just not being a criminal would be good enough for Americans to base their vote on, but it simply is not. What things are impacting how the American people will vote in 2024? According to The Hill, these are the seven issues that will define the election. So, I'm going to go through them now, guys, and I want you guys to reflect, and we can talk about if we think this is one that's actually... um, going to sway someone's vote or what they're voting on um, and what everyone else's like opinions are on these issues. So the first is social security and Medicare and the economy. I think you'd have to separate out the economy itself 
yeah. of, because of the way that yeah. like conservative media, I mean, it's always been this way, but especially now is blaming everything on Biden. But I feel like they would also, I mean, idiots will also, not idiots, but yeah, idiots will blame social security on Biden when it has nothing to do with him. Well, I mean, true, the economy yeah, also has yeah. nothing to do with him, mean, but like, yeah, yeah. Also like to be quite honest, the Hill didn't say the economy, I added that because I felt like it should be added. Now you're just telling me it shouldn't be. <laughs> Oh well. Yeah, I I agree with Andrew. Honestly, Kirk. I know, but they don't have the economy, and which is kind of crazy to me. As none of the seven were the economy, but I think the economy will play. Everyone's always like, "I'm voting for whoever gets me cheaper eggs and milk." Oh yeah, I saw. Um, it was some conservative idiot on Twitter that did some back of the envelope math, and they claimed because some industry magazine had predicted that the price of a barrel of oil was going to triple over the next couple of months um, because of the Israeli-Palestine conflict. And this very enterprising individual figured out that meant that gas would be 10 to $15 a gallon in Texas where he lived. And then he said, you can do the same calculation, just triple whatever the current tax or whatever the current price in your state is. <laughs> People are always going to gravitate towards that, right? Like, the thing that's immediately happening to them and no right. no one can deny it which i don't knock people for because no. i think I, but they need to well they need to understand the president doesn't impact that but they do need like local elections are, are going to impact a lot of things that happen to you on a day-to-day basis i mean my thing is so long as you are willing to pay taxes to the united states government you are a smacked ass and that's on you anyway um so if you have an issue with the economy Stop being a little bitch and don't pay your taxes. And that's my advice uh, as an accountant. <laughs> this accountant does um, envelope map. Is that what you called it? Back of the envelope map. <laughs> oh, back of which the envelope. is an iconic bar. Honestly, I will be using that. But I think the thing about both of those issues with social security and the economy is they're not things that are the direct result of actions that have happened within the past 365 days and that... And when I say direct, I mean, you can't say A equals B because we've seen with the war in Ukraine, we thought that was going to be the thing that, you know, tanked our economy. And then we're looking at this Israel-Palestine conflict and we're saying, well, like this could be the thing that tanks our economy. There's been a lot of fucking things that could have tanked our economy mm-hmm. over the past three years, as we've, as we've all seen. Um, and it shows that the economy is a beast and a machine that is much larger than us. Um, and so to tie it to a presidential candidate is so ignorant, but there's enough discourse around it that I do think that both of those things can be so significant because people simply just don't understand. So that's one of those things where it's like, if we have the best performance of all time tomorrow or the worst of tomorrow, people are going to blame Biden and not blame Biden no matter what. Yeah, it literally is. The day that it's announced they win an election, people start blaming the incoming president for whatever's happening. And it's just even in a language around how we talk about the rest of the government. Um, as soon as Biden gets into office, it's suddenly Biden's Department of Justice that's attacking Trump, even though most of those investigations probably started long before Biden took office. Yeah. Well, I'm still blaming Obama. So True. Thanks, Obama. Very vintage. Well, you can't trust a Muslim in office. Oh, 
Oh my god, Andrew. Okay, Jesus next one. Education, Christ. which Andrew needs. <laughs> <laughs> Eat his ass up. <laughs> Education meaning I think I think this probably means a lot of the stuff from the banning books to critical race theory to saying gay, all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess is an impact on the election and people probably I guess this means like Republicans are gonna vote would vote if that's a huge thing for them for the Republican candidate because they are gonna protect, I guess, education. And that Democrats want to inundate our education system with, I guess, ideologies that they believe are important for children, um, such as drag queens teaching them. I don't know. Well, hopefully everybody voted in this year's election that happened a little while ago since this um, is being released. We're actually recording this the night before. The night before. (laughs) The night before the elections. But uh, I hope everybody did go to the elections because... This issue, I mean, education is always Not one of those. Not go to the elections. You meant to say go to the polls. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Education is a thing that's always listed. And and I think up until the last couple of years, it's it's been a more nebulous thing. Like, education needs to be better. Everyone can say that and go, yeah, that's right. But now you're right. I think it is a lot more about taking books out of libraries at schools making a huge deal about a teacher hanging up a pride flag during Pride Month. Um, All of that stuff is becoming a huge battleground and a frontline battleground. So you already said it, Kirk. Yeah. You can, the the way you can actually influence things in this country is voting in the local elections. Yeah. Because you actually have an influence. There may only be a couple hundred voters. In that case, your vote really, really does matter. Really matters. I think a third of the country votes is in, in those that can vote vote in the in um, the presidential election. So imagine how much people vote in your local election. Very small, probably less than the amount of people that are literally polled in some of these polls vote in some of your areas. So you do have an impact. If for no other reason, you should just go vote in your local elections for the school board positions and the court positions because those are what are are going to have the most influence going forward. Because yep. we've seen it over the last two years, like Moms for Liberty and all these other parents that even on their own accord showed up at school board meetings and suddenly their face is getting played on CNN and Fox News during the primetime news slot of them screaming at a school board in some rural town in Oklahoma. And there are, just in my own small town, there are three school board um, seats open right now and they're four-year appointments so that's quite a long time and this is the first time i've ever think i've seen a lot of yard signs for school board positions i don't think i ever remember seeing that before or even thinking about a school board or even thinking how those people or even realizing how those people get elected that they get elected that's because you were homeschooled true normally i'm all for completely leaving homeschooled children out in the cold wasn't that a joke wasn't that a george bush policy no child left behind. Yeah, that was a terrible policy. No child left a dime. <laughs> but, you know, homeschooling is unfortunately, like, I, I think there are always valid and legit yeah. reasons to homeschool. But um, there's even, you know, a lot of discussion around the policy around homeschooling, because as it stands right now, these kids are walking away damn near illiterate. I mean, look at Andrew. <laughs> And Kirk, I don't know what your excuse is, girl. You went to private school. Like, bitch, come on. I'm so sorry to Kirk's parents for all the money that they wasted. At least I knew what a glory hole was, dad. But. (laughs) To our number one listener. The only time he gets to hear his beloved son's voice. 
Oh. <laughs> and he probably thinks it's one of oh. his daughters talking. <laughs> Whoa. Um. <laughs> anyway, for all that don't know, whenever Kirk breathes on social media, everyone talks about how gay his voice sounds, and it's right. my and favorite. And that time he breathes on social media, I was like, "Girl, that's my alt Twitter." <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have an alt Twitter. There's two paths. <laughs> In the life of a gay man, it's either you have an alt Twitter or you're alt right. And I'm I don't have an alt Twitter, so where were you on January sixth? Check my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> With that man you sent us earlier, Andrew sent us a text earlier of like some gay porn star that was at the insurrection. You know what I'm checking out later tonight. Anyway, education. I have I Andrew, I think the good point to take away from that one is that it doesn't mean what it used to be. Like when people used to vote on education, it was like we need to better the education system. Now it's like we need to either put in our propaganda or take out what we believe is propaganda, but it's not propaganda, or block children from actually like learning stuff about this fucking country and world. Yeah. And the homeschooling movement will take off. There's plenty of people on the right talking about removing their kids from school and they're gonna want more yeah. more yeah. rights to do that while still wanting to influence what Exactly. Well, to fix the education problem, which we could eliminate, is if we um, enact abortion. So that's the next one. What are everyone's thoughts on abortion impacting the... Oh, (laughs) you should ask me that. thoughts about that transition, because girl... Impacting the election. I think abortion is going to impact every election until the end of fucking time, because we've talked about this endlessly, right? Abortion is something that Republicans created to basically have a Republican party. There's a great podcast series that I listened to on that. Shout out to The Lie That Binds podcast. It's also a book. Okay, it was good. So, You're the one that sent me that, yeah. yeah. Abortion is always going to be tied to morality. There's generally no, I mean, there's some slight fiscal aspects to it, but it, it's all it's mostly social. I think that's just going to sit on the party lines. It always has. If you are voting Republican, then you are at least okay with the pro-life movement, or you don't care enough for that to be a deterrence. And, you know, the mirror image of that on the left. But by and large, I think, yes, it's going to be big. I I just can't imagine that with what all else is going on, that it would be spoken about as often as it has been in the past. Well, I know uh, there's going to be a big push by Trump or whoever gets the presidential nomination. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Trump unless he's literally in prison. You know, part of their election is going to be, we're going to codify the sanctity of life into the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So basically what they're going to do is do what the Democrats, the liberal wing of the government, should have done decades ago. Yeah, you hear that, Bismarcky? You should have done that. Yeah, fucking Bismarcky. Mm. Well, he's pro-life. Oh, baby. (laughs) You got what I need. Baby. (laughs) Pro-life. Wow. That's going to be the way they're going to approach the issue. Although I do agree that right now they had their victory. So now that's moved down to the state level where they can continue to erode those rights state by state. So it's not as big for the presidential election other than Trump making some statement about we're going to try to put it into the Constitution or make it more ironclad. But I think there will be people... So on the flip side, yes, I think in in terms of someone, whoever that ends up being's campaign messaging, it's just like a line. But I think there are people and voters that will literally every election just vote for the person that is pro-life. That was and is my parents. I, I think my parents now would say they're voting Republican for a broader set of reasons. But um, during the Obama years, it was solely because of abortion. 
that was very strong rhetoric in our church community. Uh, girl, it was also because that man was black. Well, that's true, please. too. No, it wasn't that, Erica. It was the tan suit. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of your parents and another issue that they hate, LGBTQ issues. Um, that's the next one we have on the list. Just kidding. They actually, I think that's one they're pretty light on because you have a gay uncle or something. Oh, yeah. Now, now we have a gay uncle, so uh, we can't really speak too harshly on that. Beautiful. Except for the trans people. We are still good to go with that bigotry. Stay out of Andrew's mom's bathroom. <laughs> so LGBTQ issues. I, I mean, I think for gay people and queer people and people of the LGBTQ plus community and trans people and all of the letters that I have forgotten and for the they thems of the world, we are going to vote on that, I think, because I mean, unless Joe Biden just starts saying I hate gay people, then we're fucked. I don't know who we would vote for, but I think it is number one for a lot of people. Um, I just think those people aren't going to vote for Donald Trump. Unless there are these gay people that I've met in the suburbs in the last year, that like all these people that I've met out in the suburbs who are gay who love Donald Trump. I don't really understand. I don't get and that. And the, the gay porn star that we and just that mentioned earlier. Star. <laughs> yeah, we won't say his name because we don't want you to give him any internet traffic, but uh, he's going to jail. And then on the flip side, people that are against LGBTQ plus community are going to vote for people that want to then, you know, Donald Trump, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Republicans who are going to block their rights or want to block their rights, but will never do anything really about it, probably. But Yeah, to me, this is kind of pretty similar to abortions where, you know, it's been released. I mean, other than outright banning gay marriage, which, you know, I'm pro, if anyone was wondering, the podcast stance. We are against gay marriage. That is actually so against it that Paul <laughs> got divorced. <laughs> he got married just to get divorced. <laughs> he said this is sin and ended it. But um, I do think it's something that, again, falls along the party lines for the most part. I know people who are queer or member of the LGBTQ plus community, and they are pro-life. And because of that, they vote Ooh. Republican. You know, that is to say that I think when it comes to those social issues, at least in my opinion, it seems that abortion tends to trump LGBTQ+, especially for those who aren't in the community. But I think that some people have pretty strong ties if they are yeah. pro-life. I do agree with you broadly. The one thing I will say is I think trans issues have become yep. the number one yeah. thing. Yep. A scare tactic white gay men are pretty well accepted in America at this point. And there's multiple white gay men in the right wing media that are accepted at an arm's length. Of course, they're never going to be fully accepted. Six inches here or there. (laughs) (laughs) They're allowed to be part of that establishment now. And, And it's moved on to drag queens and trans people. And I think those issues tied up with the school board issue are just going to continue and compound. Well, you know what the funny thing about it is you think about like all the trans issues and the, and any of the LGBTQ issues and then even the education issue and then abortion. It all comes down to children and they play this game of like we care so much about children because you shouldn't abort them because they deserve to live because they have more rights in the womb when they're not even a human being, a full human being yet. Number 2, um, education, they shouldn't, you know, we need to get these liberals who are corrupting their minds out of their classrooms. And then number three, obviously, we hate trans people, we hate drag queens, we hate the gay community because they're only they're getting in front of our children. But then at the end of the day, they want to do nothing for our children. They allow people to jump into the classrooms with guns and kill all their children. There was that school district in Florida that started to use Prager University 
videos Content, is, yeah. Is, yeah. Is it's just it's, a, it's just like funny that I think I just I've known this but it's just all as we're going through them it all goes back to like protection of children but then they don't really protect children at all if you think about it this is my opinion anyway um I I think they view children as property just the rhetoric that I grew up with in our church children are a blessing from the Lord of course but you look at it as a way of like basically gaining resources you need to have a big family so that the older kids can help with the younger kids and help support the household and then continue your legacy and also continue to multiply the Christian population. Right. So I think they're always have been looked at as like property and tools by the people in charge who are predominantly white men in the same way that they view their wives as basically baby factories and servants, basically. And that's why Cassie won't marry you. Because <laughs> I ain't no object, baby. Yes, you are. You're an object of my Just affection. For corporate America. Thank you, Kirk. But like the the way they view them as just a tool and just property, I yep. think that's what feeds into this because they insert children into every single issue because it tugs at the heartstrings and who would ever hurt children? Well, the evil Democrats would. We'll say we're okay with gay men now, but we're completely against trans people because they're transing the kids and oh they're trying to- I believe to, that's something they say. Oh yeah, they do. They do say crazy, but they yeah, you're right. The number one killer of children. Republicans. I'm saying it. One of the number one killers (laughs) of children is guns and and gun accidents, self-inflicted gunshot wounds, getting shot um, in their neighborhood, getting shot in their school, and and they haven't done a single thing. Nope. In fact, they've they've made it worse. I mean, it's the same thing as uh, the whole QAnon thing. It was all about save the children. They continue to have save the children rallies and that's a big thing is they're coming for your kids well that brings us to my next this is the sixth of seven issues that the hell is saying and this is crime so i feel like i feel like i'm i feel like the last election cycle crime was something that was so like you hear that word all the time crime 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 in the inner city crime in the cities now crime in this crime everywhere um I don't know if I hear it as much, but I think it's something that living in a city and all of us, well, Andrew doesn't live in, he lives in a city. I don't really know what it is, but you hear people talking all the time about cities and how dangerous they are and the crime and everything. Um, I think does play a role in those who don't live in a city, who see it from afar. So like a suburb near a city and like, oh, I'm going to vote to protect, I don't know, I guess this to end crime in cities because they're all liberal Democrat run cities, which is not true. I think it was a bigger issue in the 2020 election because of covid well because of well and then the summer 2020 yeah yeah, blm protests yeah well speaking of foreign objects immigration is another one that is on this list wow crazy is there a a migrant caravan coming towards the u.s i'm sure any day now we should hear about that one again right it's on its It's way on its way andrew have you ever heard of cpt Cock and ball torture? (laughs) That's CBT. I said P. Um, Yeah, immigration is one that they definitely pop up again before the election. Well, it's it's already going hot and heavy right now because the rhetoric is that Hamas fighters are coming over here. Right. As if they're not occupied enough in Gaza right now, um, Hamas is suddenly sending tens of thousands of trained fighters over here to... Do what in the United States exactly? But yes, that is becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And obviously, it's an issue because the amount of people that are coming into this country has increased significantly. And they're 
there are problems in in various cities and states that are sanctuary cities or have traditionally housed migrants while they're working through the system are getting too full. And, and is that because there is an immigration problem or is it because there's a problem with our immigration system? Mm, bars. I mean, it's obviously the latter and it's the problem with our system. But, you know, I do think that's a great point, Andrew, and in, in kind of bringing up what's going on in Israel and Palestine is that I think it's almost like who's the boogeyman of this election cycle? 2016, I think it was, you know, Mexican citizens um, and immigrants. Uh, 2020, it was technically China, but Republicans are real fucking dumb. So it was anyone who came from an Asian country. <laughs> Republicans haven't gotten much smarter since 2020. So now it's going to be anyone who's brown or all the Arabs. The issue is that we're so focused on the boogeymen that we're not paying attention to the fact that there is room for reform with what it looks like to seek asylum in this country. Um, and unfortunately, the issue is always going to be the people coming in and not either the factors that are causing right. them to seek asylum or bureaucratic bullshit that they experience, not only when they're entering this country, but there are people who have green cards who, due to a clerical error, can still get deported back to the country from where they came. So, unfortunately, it's just always going to be about people, though, and not policy. Well, speaking of policy, the final one is the impact of foreign policy on the election and how voters vote. I mean, is there anything going on internationally it's been that pretty we should quiet. be hearing about right no, now? No, I thought it was like America, America first, America only, like the other parts of the world. Yeah, here's my international policy. Lock them damn borders. You know, they can lock the borders, but those Chinese spy balloons are still going to fly over. <laughs> you just put a couple good old boys out there, some 12 gauge, and they'll be fine. <laughs> That's kind of hot. Kirk, no. I am retiring. I am retiring oh. from living. Okay, well, before y'all do that, let's jump into Andrew's area. <laughs> Yes, a presidential election is less than a year away, but if you turn on any major news network, it's not what they're talking about. It feels like in the last two elections, and probably countless ones prior, we begin getting inundated with ads and campaign slogans the day after Inauguration Day. I'm not saying I'm mad we aren't being pillaged with commercials, but what is causing the lack of it? Do we think it's because of Trump's countless court issues? Is Joe locked in a basement and unable to film anything? He's not able to make it up the stairs. He's not <laughs> locked in. He just keeps rolling back down. <laughs> I think one big player is the state of the world and the conflicts occurring overseas. Most recently, the Israel-Palestine conflict. How will this impact the election? Will voters see it as a reflection of Biden since he's in office? Will they think Trump can do a better job at, I don't even know if I can say this with a straight face, but handling foreign affairs? What do we think? I am so, so fucking curious because, you know, in 20, was it 18 or 19? But when Trump declared the U.S. Embassy for Israel in Jerusalem, which was obviously a significant step. And everyone told him not to do it. Yes, because, you know, at that point, there was 70 some odd years of history behind it. But I think that now the big issue with the right, with the conflicts abroad is 
the fact that the U.S. is putting money towards it. And so there are a good amount of people on the right who are not pro-Palestine, but they're anti-U.S. aid to Israel. Um, And so obviously you can't be a president and say, I'm pro-Israel, I stand with you, Israel, but I'm going to honor my constituents and not give you a dime or give you way less that we said we were going to give you before. Um, So I would be so fascinated to hear, which is so strange to say, because I never actually I always want to hear what Trump says. I think he's funny, but I'd be so fascinated to hear how the Trump I was going to say the Trump campaign, but I know he doesn't listen to those people. (laughs) But I would love to hear how Trump, you know, takes the approach on that because it is so nuanced, even when you look at it from a partisan standpoint. I think this is the biggest wild card. Every election has like that one big issue. Obviously, 2020 COVID was huge. So were the Black Lives Matter protests. This coming election cycle, it could be anything at this point. It could still be Hillary's emails that are happening currently. It could be Hillary's emails again. (laughs) (laughs) Anything could happen in the next year. But if things continue the way they are going right now, I think what is happening in Ukraine and in Israel and Gaza is going to continue to be a factor. What is very interesting to me is how this has completely divided people on both sides. Because on the right side, like you mentioned, Erica, there's there's plenty of people who want smaller government, they want less foreign spending, they're tired of money going overseas. And you know what? That's a perfectly valid point. I think that they're probably coming at it in a very not logical way. Um, And probably there's a lot of anti-Semitism there, too, of people who don't want to support Israel because it's a symbol of the Jewish people. But then there's the people on the the other side of the right who are that more Christian focus. It's not about supporting Judaism or Israelis themselves, but it's about the symbol that Jerusalem and Israel is to their own faith. And as crazy as that sounds, there are people that genuinely vote because of that reason. And then on the liberal side, you have the people that are supporting Palestine. Often revolutionary movements are left-wing or perceived as being left-wing. So that's one reason why you might support a revolutionary movement like that. Um, Also because the Israeli state is a far-right-wing government. It's an apartheid state. They're committing horrible war crimes and human rights abuses against the Palestinian people. Um, And then you have the people on the other side, the neo-libs, Biden himself. He cannot come out and and say, Mm -hmm. and he, I mean, mean, the guy's an old fuck. Like, of course, he's probably going to support Israel. I think it's just default. But there's no way that Biden can say, hey, I support the cause of Palestinian liberation. He could never come out and say that, even if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. Because of how much is tied up with our support of Israel. I mean, both parties traditionally have fully backed and supported Israel with very few dissenters on either fringe. Oh, yeah. And it's not partisan. That's just an American thing that you do. Like, American presidents are pro-Israel. That's what it always has yep, been. Because it keeps that brown wave at bay. Oh, what has Trump said about this? Does anyone know? I mean, I don't follow the man because he's like, I don't know where to follow him anymore. Because they banned him from all of our social media. And I'm so sad about it. I really don't know what he has to say about this. He's been at a lot of rallies and stuff, but I'm sure he said something about it, but he's got a lot on his plate right now. I really have not seen anything about it. Oh, it looks like he has an, what the Daily Beast calls an overrated peace plan. 
which means Trump is doing what he always does. And he is just talking out of his ass and saying a whole bunch of words that say, I am going to give you a well, solution. He said, but apparently he's, I, ban- he's through a call out to ban U.S. entry for immigrants wanting to abolish Israel. Um, I don't know who the hell's saying that. Um, battleground voters. So the same poll that we were talking about earlier, the New York Times poll, in the battleground states, um, apparently trust Trump over Biden on Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Again, that's just a poll. He did bash Netanyahu, though, which is funny because it looks like the same person. Yeah. If there's one thing about Trump, he will go after anyone who could compete with him for views. <laughs> so, One of the things that's going on on the right right now pertaining to Israel, Palestine, and, and everything that's happening, again, it's very confusing between people who want to support Israel and people who don't want to support you know, the Jewish people or don't want to give more money. But it seems like Trump is trending in more the direction of not supporting Israel, which is kind of interesting. Well, shoot, he's got my vote. Just this past weekend, um, when we're recording this, um, he was at the Florida Republican Party's Freedom Summit. Fantastic branding right there. And he said he's going to be the only candidate who's going to be able to prevent World War III. Oh. Uh, well, I will say a, a psychic did tell me that <laughs> about Trump. I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I ever dropped that knowledge to y'all yet, but <laughs> you did not. Uh, oh, they, okay, they didn't tell me this. The psychic that I saw that I actually really do love and agree with told someone I referred to about this. So keep going. Wait, I feel like you did tell us. I think this, I did. I, I, for, I feel like she listeners. had a slip of a slip of the mind in that moment. But <laughs> anyway, keep going. Trump said that millions of people would still be alive if the 2020 election quote, wasn't rigged. And when you think of it, how important elections are, you have millions of people alive right now. If the election wasn't rigged, they'd be alive, okay? Ukraine, Israel, the attack would never have been made. All these people would be alive. I make you this promise as your president, and nobody else can say it. I will restore peace through strength. And yes, I am the only one that will prevent World War III because we are very close, very close to World War III. I might have added a little bit of editorial flair there, but those are his exact that words. That was Borat as Donald Trump. <laughs> that was horrible. It got Jamaican for Jamaican. a minute. It got, horrible. it got like a Mario for a minute. I don't know, girl. I don't. I didn't hear anything you just fucking said, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I was so stuck on the accent. But you know what? To be honest, he said nothing. Yeah. Because yeah, Trump said, said nothing. nothing. Exactly. That's that's 100% it. All he's saying is Joe Biden is making World War Three happen. Right. Um, a lot a lot of people on the right are saying that. And you know what? Maybe I kind of agree with him in some ways, but he has no fucking plan to stop World War Three. He can't even not. define what World War Three is going to be. He doesn't he didn't even know World War Two happened. Didn't that happen? Wasn't that something? Then he say that once he was like, we're going into World War Two. People were like that already happened. He said, and then he said, what's his face was still alive. Remember what? Who was still alive? There was some someone who isn't when you're a Republican. That's true. Every no one dies. JFK is probably still alive. All of Joe Biden's voters, none of them are alive. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. They probably believe Bismarcky is still alive. Is he still alive? Actually, I don't want to say that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> As my mind was rolling, I was like, oh my God, that man might be alive. <laughs> he is the oldest founding father and he's still alive. It's a medical miracle, really. Wait, Science Google. is baffled. Hey Siri, no, is he's Bismarck dead. He's still dead. Alive? He's dead. He dead. He died like two years ago. All right, well, there we <laughs> go. Kirk, you know, 
It's just the fact that you weren't confident. I wasn't, because he's probably only... Assumed. He's probably not that old. He probably died like 60-something, right? Yeah, I think so, actually. Let me look up. Yeah, he was 57. That's so sad. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. You put a gun in my head and tell me to name another Bismarcky song, I'm dying. Like, I just say I it's just know. a friend. Yeah, the other ones, you you know, they weren't song, they weren't hits when on your on their wiki page, and they're not linked to anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't they don't have their own wiki page. These songs. Oh my gosh! Oh poor Biz. Let's wrap up this with one question for y'all and for myself. If you were a one issue voter, what would that issue be that you're voting on? Like, actually, you're silly. But both. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the ones we talked about. I have always said this. I will vote for any president. I don't care what the rest of their platform is that eliminates the stupid fucking daylight savings time system. They did. Period. They did. Didn't they do it? It was dark no, at this 4.50. No, la- this, is, this, is, this is the last year. I'm pretty sure. Did they? Yeah, I think they, we already voted on this. Am I about to learn something new? I think it's still kind of locked up right now, actually. Oh, okay, maybe it is. Yeah. I think it's it's something oh, no, that this gets is voted an editor- on Maybe year. it's not. I guess this is still opinion-based. Okay, well, regardless, Andrew, I, I like that platform. Yeah, it looks like le- legislation is still in like a little bit of a stall. How well, I feel like there are larger issues at play right now, to be honest. But And, and speaking of those larger issues, I don't think I could ever be a one-issue voter because there's so many fucking yeah, issues. One-issue voters are losers. Keep going, Erica. Yeah, what are you a one-issue voter about, loser? <laughs> you fucking bitch. Honestly, I think about this a lot. And as a selfish person, if I can just get one president to be like, PPA, <laughs> you know gotta that's go. Right. They've gotta it doesn't go. have to go any other city or state. The PPA must go. The Philadelphia Parking Authority needs to go. Every parking authority needs to go. On the real, um, I think that's something that I would probably make my one big issue. Hopefully, we're not having this discussion about the Israel-Palestine conflict in a year. Ugh. Because at that point, like there literally are not enough Palestinians know, for so this to last to a year. Which is horrifying, but I think that, you know, if that is still something that we're talking about a year from now, then obviously that would be um, the big thing that sways, specifically if someone is saying that I will take a a pro-Palestine stance. Right. Mine, I think, seriously, would be if someone walked up there, and this is hilarious because I never would vote for Bernie Sanders, but if it was health insurance for all. Yep. But it was a serious, genuine way to do so, and it was going to work. That's what I would do. And I have some. Maybe one of them would be not to give all of our money to Israel, but <laughs> I digress. We should have be able to have fucking health insurance. You know, all of us, including my father. He should not be going to glory holes to get his fucking dick checked. Oh, my God. I never want to think about my dad's dick again, so please end this podcast. We cannot end the podcast on that. I'm kidding. I have a game, girls. We have a quick little game. It's going to be fun. So as we continue to approach this large election next year, I'm sure many of our listeners, including myself, and I think the two of you have been getting random text messages from motherfuckers being like, hi, this is so-and-so. Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> um, this is so-and-so from the third season of Lost, and we want you to vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> um, so I want to play a game around that that is basically called it's a very long title because I didn't come up with the title. So you get a text from a random three-digit number from the celebrity. Which presidential candidate are they asking you to send money to? <gasps> Slay. <laughs> Perfect. I love this. Okay. First one is, hey, it's Christy Carlson Romano. Ooh, uh, ooh, mm. 
You know what? Honestly, Joe Biden, because I wanted to say she's a Republican, but like she's probably not. Okay, wait, we I can also Joe say Biden, people, it doesn't have to just be Joe and, and Joe and Trump. We can put the other ones in there because they're still in the primary. Like anyone who's running? Yeah. I feel like she would vote for Nikki Haley. Oh. As like the first woman. Do you remember her videos? We talk about every fucking week, the videos where she was walking in the park, which restarted her, this little career she has now, which I'm obsessed with. One of them was about Donald Trump and she did like a 15 minute video about Trump and it kind of told me nothing, which is what a lot of her videos did. Um, <laughs> so I was going to pick him, but honestly, I'm going to pick uh, Marianne Williamson. Oh, you know what? I could see her having been a client. Because there is one episode she has, which is how psychics conned me out of $60,000. And I feel like that might have been Marianne Williamson. <laughs> I would love that. That's good for the economy, baby. Yeah. Okay, next one is, hey, it's Chris Pratt. Oh, oh Trump. 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 But Trump, he's Trump. texting you in a Mario voice. <laughs> it's a Chris Pratt. It sounds like Andrew's Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> obviously, Donald Trump. Chris Pratt loves Donald Trump. Loves him. Gross. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, I love how I've said this is a good one. I came up with all of these. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and this text is going to be really motherfucking long because it starts with, hey, it's Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and that text At is going to be long as shit. No, no, no. At the end of that text, she never actually asks who you're going to vote for or tells you who you should vote for. It's just all a text about how she accidentally banged one of the candidates 25 years ago. Honestly, please donate $5 to Joe Biden's election so we can find Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's Joe Biden, right? I don't know. Maybe she she comes off as like I'm not voting. I bet you because that's like the one hip reference that Trump knows. He would probably be like, oh yeah, I'll get Tupac back for you. He would. Honestly, I think it would be like I don't know, just like some third party candidate who she doesn't really know about. Some absolutely stupid bullshit. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know how much is she really like? How much can she really ask for money wise? You know. Like, I feel like a small campaign could afford Jada. Yeah. Well, I just got from the DNC. That was who? It was Carol King. I didn't even know she was still alive. <laughs> we. I would love to get, hey, it's Bismarck. You know, that would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Especially because he's dead. Somebody's <laughs> impersonating him. Well, then he's obviously voting for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Johnny Depp. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, so if Captain Jack Sparrow was texting... Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think whoever that man was who was all up in the court case, honestly, Donald Trump, because yeah, it sounds like they like... were on the same level of unhinged. Yes. I feel I like the real Johnny Depp probably isn't aware that an election is happening. Benzos do that to you. So do entire bottles of wine. I just know I would reply to the text with, hey, it's Amber Heard. <laughs> he go, huh. Next one. Hey, it's Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan all day, all night. All day. <laughs> Why do I know that? <laughs> mm. Okay, this, it depends on what time of day he's texting you. It, it depends on who he talked to last, most likely. But I think he would vote for Trump and then spend three hours trying to convince you that he actually really does like Biden. Yeah, it, it would make no sense. The text would be so unhinged. It depends who he's texting. Like, if he's texting Candace Owens' phone, he's going to say Joe Biden. If he's texting a liberal's phone, he's going to try and get them to vote for Donald Trump. See, I almost feel like a text from Joe Rogan would just have a whole bunch of quotes from much more intelligent, qualified people. But none of the quotes, they're all contradictory. He just picked out some things that sounded smart and said, this will work and collected his little check. 
Honestly, I think he's another non-voter because he's got his $100 million. What else the fuck does he need? Yeah, he doesn't need to vote. Okay. Hey, I don't know who's going to get I don't. Actually, this might just be for me. I hope I hope Erica gets this. Hey, it's Nikki Blonsky. I'll just be over here if you need me. <laughs> you don't have an answer? Erica, you know what I'm talking about, right? Andrew, okay, so Nikki Blonsky is this iconic queen who was um, Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray the Musical. Is she problematic now? <laughs> the movie. No, but she has this crazy, crazy social media presence that is just like, she loves doing cameos for people, and I just find her to be hilarious. Wait, okay, I was like, am I missing something? That's why I was like, what, uh, am I thinking of the right Yeah, Nikki she literally Blonsky? makes cameos to this day of like, Good Morning Baltimore, and it's like, girl, give it up. You know, I will say, this is like, not a happy note. It makes me so sad that her whole career, like, if you look at her IMDb, it's all her playing roles that are centered around her being fat. Yep. That's why I think she hasn't had a career since then. So I think she would vote for... She'd vote for Trump because she understands fat struggle. Oh, all right. I thought you'd vote for Chris Christie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Amy Schumer. No, wait, before we say anything else, I just need to say that I, I do support the Israeli people. I do support them. They are my people. Oh my Let God. me say this first and foremost, She's and this unhinged. is for anyone who listens to the podcast, anyone who even breathes my fucking essence. If I see Amy Schumer, it's 10 toes down. I'm putting grease on my fucking cheeks. I am beating Crisco, the brakes off that bitch. I'm using the Crisco from Kirk's dick. Holy <laughs> well, you definitely have gonorrhea, girl. <laughs> Um, Amy Schumer is uh, no, no. Apparently, the most what she says she is the most successful female comic of all time, all time, guys, all time. That was iconic. I, you know, let's take a minute to unpack that fucking notes app apology. Yeah. When she talks about how, like, oh, you called me ugly. Well, my man doesn't think I'm ugly. Like, girl, we're talking about a genocide. Like, you have been ugly every other day around this. It's not the topic we're mouth. talking about. Yeah, she ain't it. Um, okay, last but not least, this is honestly just like a no-brainer. I don't know why she's on the list last, but hey, it's Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Trump. I would honestly be like, bitch, you fucking pay for it. Like, why do I have to pay? You're asking me for money, you know Oprah what? Winfrey? You know what? She's a Biden voter. And, and you know well, why? Duh. Because he's just yet another neoliberal conservative capitalist enabler. Who yeah. falls downstairs and sniffs a little children. I mean, isn't Oprah one of those like lizard cabal demons? Oh, 100%. So she's going to vote with her people. Well, I guess she would vote for Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz can't run for president. I know, but she's the one that gave us Dr. Oz. Oh, no, she didn't even support him when he ran I know, for I know, this I know, dumpy I know. ass. Well, she's thing. in Pennsylvania. She didn't need to. Um, and neither, neither did he. Well, that's a wrap on our first and last time playing. You get a text from a random. I'm not reading all this again. You're going to get what I mean. Because <laughs> he can only read it once. I would say you might get a text that's, hey, it's Leah Michelle, but, or she could use audio note, I guess. Voice note, talk to text. <laughs> Kirk, you know what, Kirk? That's really fucked up because you know you have a team who is in charge of your reading. Guys, so I don't saw pretend like she can't have the to, same. To wrap this up on a Leah Michelle note, so <laughs> a pitchy one. She was in concert um, a few th- days ago and someone like, filmed the whole, end- the whole part of it and it's her walking around. This- I-, I would live to be at this concert, by the way. She's walking around being like, who wants to hear a Glee song? And then it's- she takes the request from the audience and she does a Glee song. Like the songs that they did on Glee, which I would have been all about. I've never seen Glee. Oh I'm my God. Gay. Well, that I'm needs to be something gay. you do. Be gay. Too late. Watch Glee. Wasn't it's there something like incredible. problematic about that show? 
Duh. Yeah, I think. But it was before things were problematic. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was before <laughs> cancel culture and the liberals wanting to. Ruin well, everybody. half the cast is dead on that show. Yeah. So they're all also voting for Joe Biden. Why do her eyes look so vacant? Uh, I don't know. She's I trying say, to you know, read. I'm not going to comfort Liam Michelle anymore. That was enough today. <laughs> she seems perfectly nice. She's famously a huge cunt. I know, Oof. and racist. But her, but her and what's his, what's her face are um, cool now. So whatever. I don't know who. Her and Bismarcky. <laughs> Did they ever collab? As long as it was before 2021. I hope so, because I can't go on knowing that'll never happen. <laughs> Are you saying you want to? Because me too. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, that was another riveting episode of Hellscape Carousel. Honestly, it was pretty fucking riveting. So fuck you, Kirk. Uh, the call is coming from inside the house. The call, well, I can hear myself in my ears right now. So it's getting kind of confusing. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Kirk. I'm Erica. And I'm Andrew. But you say he just a friend And you say he just a friend Oh baby Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel If you like what you heard Leave a 5 star review Subscribe and follow us on social media Stay tuned for more episodes 